Hello and welcome to Rocket's Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer for Polygon, and I'm joined today by Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack. Today, welcome I'm not to an executive show. director of Rebellion Pack. I'm not. I'm a MILF Manor super fan, and I'm so psyched we're going to get to talk about this today, because I've been trying to talk you and Christine into watching the show for two weeks and doing a segment about it, so it's finally You happening. alerted us, and I said... We are absolutely going to watch it. We are going to watch it. And now, unfortunately, I have watched it. And we're talking about it on a week when Christina is enjoying Disney oh, World. But you know oh. what? That's that's called the podcast tax. It's her loss. You know? It's her loss. She could have watched this last week. Like, the whole reason I wanted to watch this is there's a, a tweet from a friend of mine. She goes, I genuinely think this is the worst thing I've ever seen ever and it's this clip of like so you have a bunch of like 40 and 50 year old women that are out there and they're all moms and the like reality tv person comes out and it's like okay today's challenge is you're gonna have to feel the chests and abs of all these 20 year old men (laughs) and guess which one is your son I can't believe you're spoiling what is going to be our no. subscriber-only booster okay, segment. Okay, 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 okay. I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop. <laughs> wow, if, if, that, if that thought tantalized you, titillated <laughs> you in any way. You, or disturbed you. Or disturbed you, and you'd like to hear it thoroughly critiqued, uh, you should go to Relay.fm slash membership, because in our bonus segment at the end of the show for subscribers, Brianna and I are going to be discussing MILF Manor, a show that exists and is real uh, somehow. And the I, I, I have so many questions, so many questions. The, but before that... The good that, thing is the evidence is all there on tape. So the, <laughs> the Justice Department will have a very so they can investigate. Time yeah, everyone involved, everyone who watched it... <laughs> Sorry, folks. This is where I reveal we are being locked up. Yep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Don't worry. Before we get to that, we'll be talking about some technology news. Whoa, like we do. Like is the the point of our show. We're going to be talking about Tesla um, and some of its most recent legal updates. We're going to be talking about uh, something that I think should be addressed legally in court, which is uh, deep fake pornography of women streamers. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about the rumors. Uh, I, I don't even, it's not rumors, but Netflix's potential plans for how they're going to deal with their password sharing crackdown in the States, um, which are interesting. And then, of course, Milf Manor for our booster. So. Woo. Let's buckle up and get going, baby. In an annual report on Monday, Tesla said that the SEC has requested to see documents related to Tesla's autopilot and full self-driving features. So autopilot comprises uh, Tesla's suite of driving aids such as uh, self-braking, accelerating, or steering. Uh, FSD is a step beyond that, and users can pay $200 a month to upgrade to full self-driving, but it's a very limited number of people, uh, and it is always, always, always uh, under human supervision. Uh, Drivers with full self-driving have to keep both hands on the wheel uh, and and their eyes on the road, and the car will literally, like, not let you use autopilot if you don't maintain reasonable wheel contact. However, obviously, the the terms autopilot and full self-driving 
have meanings within the English language. And Tesla is being sued by uh, users who feel that they were sold false or underwhelming self-driving promises. Uh, some people claim it was described by Elon Musk as if it were fully autonomous driving that can operate totally independently. Um uh, the California Department of Motor Vehicles actually filed two complaints about that specific thing, which, if successful, would mean that Tesla could no longer sell or make vehicles in California, which is a very large state. Separately from that, uh, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is investigating Tesla's autopilot technology. That's something I think we covered on this show a while ago, I'm struggling to remember, but basically they're investigating 35 crashes that have been uh, noted involving the autopilot technology. And that uh, or that investigation actually covers both autopilot and full self-driving or FSD. Um, but I think today we're going to talk more about, I guess, the these user uh, lawsuits, because those are the ones that I've seen, I think, the most recent writing about. Uh, obviously, sure. Not being able to sell vehicles in California would be a massive blow to Tesla. But Brianna, do you have any, Absolutely. I guess, thoughts on how likely this is to succeed? Well, I think uh, I, I think it's going to be adjudicated. I want to add something on really quickly yeah. to what you were saying at the very beginning, uh, which is how Musk uh, marketed this in the first place. And you know, for another project I'm working on, I happen to have this right in front of me right now. So hey. let's just go to the tape and look at how Elon Musk chose to sell this to people that wanted to buy FSD, uh, which you know this was as long as nine years ago. So, quote. All you will need to do is get in and tell your car where to go. If you don't say anything, the car will look at your calendar and take you there as a <laughs> soon destination or just home if nothing is on your calendar. Your Tesla will figure out the optimal route, navigate urban streets, even without lane markings, manage complex intersections with traffic lights, stop signs, and roundabouts, and handle densely packed freeways with cars moving at high speed. When you arrive at your destination, simply step out of the entrance and your car will enter park seek mode, automatically search for a spot, and park itself. A tap on the phone summons it back to you. So... This guy's got to stop talking. (laughs) It's... That is... This is the website. There's a picture of the website as FSD was was sold to people. Additionally, Simone, I just want to give you, like, let's do just a little bit of math here. Sure. So in the latest announcement, Elon Musk came forward and said that there were uh, 100,000 people signed up for uh, the Tesla FSD beta program. Um, each of those people paid $10,000 for that feature. So the low end of this is he took $1 billion dollars Oh. $1 billion in payment for the product I just described to you. Enter Which, your car. Yeah. It will drive automatically. It will look at your calendar. It can handle all these complex situations. It's no big deal. We got this covered. He took $1 billion to deliver that. And the Justice Department is looking into the exact documents at Tesla. We don't know what documents. It could be like the state of engineering uh, of what things were like at Tesla as they were developing it. 
But I really found this quote at the New York Times very, very telling. Uh, so this was in uh, this was in uh, uh, Tesla's documents in uh, you know, basically alerting investors that they were under investigation by the Justice Department, and Tesla told their own uh, investors, "quote This could have a significant impact on our company's finances." So yeah. to my mind, you know, you mix all these things together, Suma. I I think this is, I I think like you asked me how successful I think this is going to be. I think there's there's a lawsuit here. I, I, mm-hmm. I absolutely do. I mean, what is kind of your read on this situation? Uh, yeah. I, so I I was kind of on the fence about it until I was looking into this and I saw that like literally just this week, there had been stories about Mercedes bringing level three automated driving to the States in, in a legal way. Um, and that's something that Elon Musk was always like very vocal, like it, it's going to be Tesla we're going to be the first ones to do this like complete automation and nobody's even close to us. And that is evidently not the case. Um, similarly to like this, the Tesla situation with the Mercedes car, your face has to be like completely visible or the car will be like, no, I, Hey, we're not going to go anymore. I need you to, I need you to be focused here. But uh, it, it does seem based on, on, you know, the, the arrival in the market of other competition doing similar things or more things and also these kind of very empty promises. I, I would say I'm not a lawyer, but it, it does look not great. And it kind of seems like another one of the Jenga blocks is being pulled from Tesla's Tesla's reputation, which has like for for a long time, it's been I, for, when it first came about, it was such a sexy brand. And then as time has gone on, I think it's just become more and more tarnished with these stories of like people getting locked in their cars when the car is on fire because it, the computer was like, all right, safety, going to lock, going to lock the doors now because that's safe, right? I'm in here. No. Um, like and a then of course, oven. it's all safe. Yeah, it's great. The autonomous uh, driving issue, which like I, I don't necessarily think that. I, 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 I'm pretty down on autonomous driving. We talked about that last time. I don't think that Tesla is any more dangerous than any of the other uh, autonomous driving experiments or not experiments, I should say. Uh, uh, gosh, what, what's the appropriate word here? I think um, beta testers, but tests, uh, experiments, yeah, experiments yeah. is pretty apropos, I think. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that Tesla's any more dangerous than any of the other tests that are happening necessarily. Uh, um, but it's, it's, it's definitely, and then that on top of the promises that have been, you know, sold to these people that are paying so much money. <laughs> and like, I, I think it's probably, there's a part of me uncharitably that is like, well, of course it's not going to do that. Like that that's literally not legal. Of course it wouldn't. But the website says it does. All the, the if the sales material says it does, I guess I can't really fault people for being for for being upset that it's not possible. And also, I certainly can't say that that doesn't open a legal loophole for them to sue. Because hey, 
false advertising is false advertising. A hundred percent. You said a bunch of important stuff there. I want to go cool, through let's go one through it. Sorry, I made let's like five through. points. No, no, no. Poorly. <laughs> they were all really good points. I wrote them down, actually, as you were going. So, Thank you. Uh, so I want to start at the beginning. The Mercedes point. Uh, Mercedes, as you said, released level three this week, uh, this month. No, it was this week. Uh, this is very, very important. The difference is when Mercedes, when you have level three engaged with Mercedes, Mercedes is taking the legal liability in that situation, not you. As we've talked mm-hmm. about in previous shows, uh, Tesla has uh, rigged this up. So, um, you know, actually the FSD will disengage one second before the crash. It's so very can, useful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so they can blame it on the driver and say the driver was at fault uh. when you're crashing through someone's house. Uh, any, anyway. We love it. Um, Yes. So I think, I think that part is, is very, very well said. As far as, um, the beta testing, uh, aspect of this, I, I actually, I don't agree with your assessment there. I think that there are a lot of companies that are doing, uh, taking a much slower approach than putting, you know, a hundred thousand, uh, cars on the street with this buggy tester and leaving the public out there to <laughs> basically be the crash test dummies uh, for this. If you look at Waymo, and the way they are doing it, they're certainly not taking that approach. If you look at a lot of the, the Chinese companies that are working in this space, they are not taking this approach. Mm-hmm. Um, they're working on a lot more robust hardware. They're trying it under more controlled conditions. And, you know, some of Musk's competitors, uh, I, I, I'm trying to remember this uh, statistic right off the top of my head, but I think it was in a million miles they had to disengage. What was it? Oh, no, I think it was that they were going something like 10,000 miles between disengagements uh, for their very narrow set of software Mm. cases. In the case of uh, Tesla FSD, according to what I've seen, uh, that number is about three kilometers. So, uh, you know, it's just a very, very big difference in the the quality and the standards that they're holding themselves to, in my view. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, I... I buy that certainly. I, I think, yeah, I, the practices that Tesla has taken in in conducting these tests, I buy that they are, you know, offering, I think, less due diligence than other companies. I, yeah. I, I don't know that their cars are, like, more likely to hit people, but I guess well that's why that's why they're what that's why we're investigating so we can find that out. Thanks, National <laughs> Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Um, a little more on the the Mercedes details. So this is, I believe, only in Nevada. Nevada? They say Nevada there, right? I I actually don't know. Can a Nevada listener write in and let us know? I think it's Nevada. Oh no! I, I know it's, it's one of them. The thing is, it, it sounds like the kind of thing that could be both, and I know it's one of them, and I know that they do get annoyed when you say it wrong, and I can't remember which one it is. Um, so I'm gonna pray that it's Nevada and carry on my way. Um, and it's uh, the their drive pilots tech only uh, operates at 40 miles an hour, so that's not an incredibly high speed. Still uh, fast enough to hurt somebody, but like you said, I, I think they've much like Waymo and Cruise have have taken uh, maybe some more thorough safety steps to get there. And that's why they're there. So <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I, I'm still, I still, I guess 
Tesla aside, when it comes to the larger automotive industry, I, I wonder what ramifications it would have were Tesla to to be, I guess, for these complaints to be found valid. Like, obviously, for one, it would create a massive opportunity for a lot of other car manufacturers. I think when it comes to self-driving, like the public opinion on self-driving technology, though, I really, I don't see much impassioned conversation about it. And I wonder if I'm not looking in the right places or if people are just like not upset about the potential of it or are happy with the potential of it. Um, you, you mean you're not seeing a lot of conversation about people that are excited about the potential tech or what, what do you mean? Exactly? Actually both ways. Like, yeah, sure. the, like the, the general population of people who could and will be affected by self-driving cars, should they be available on mass, uh, either positively or negatively. I, I don't see many like strong feelings and discourse about it in the, in the same way that I see about like other, other technological shifts, like the oh, freaking man. lightning cable being <laughs> I, in Europe. I don't know. Do you, do you feel like people are following this? Do you feel like, definitely, yeah. definitely. But I also, I mean, I, I think it's probably a, a consequence of our friend groups. I mean, a, you're a New Yorker, right? So True. fewer people own cars, but B, I'm, you know, most of my friends are software engineers. So, you know, there's a group of people that are, you know, very, uh, have a high propensity to buying Tesla and trying out new things exactly like this. So mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I definitely see that excitement in my own life. I, uh, so I'm changing the subject. Sorry, I just remembered a it. tweet that I saw earlier today about a tiny little, uh, one of those like tiny, tiny little vans in China uh, that has in the console an anime girl built in who will talk to you. <laughs> I did not see this. This sounds great. I'm this trying is like to cute. find it to put it in the show notes, but Twitter isn't loading for me. Another blow from Elon Musk towards me specifically. It, it's I, like <laughs> Kit from Knight Rider, but it's an anime girl. That sounds I think amazing. She talks to you. That's great. Yeah, I know. And that's uh, frankly, I think what we need to bring to the market because we are never going to be able to compete. Uh, if if our cars don't similarly have little anime girls yeah, built into I the need, console. I need my waifu on the go. I need my waifu <laughs> wherever I am. All right. Any other thoughts? So, okay. So th- this would be a huge deal. You feel that the consumers have a pretty, pretty well, valid consumers, argument. It's the Justice Department. Or, sorry. Yeah. I the, think um, the, I think the, the threat of litigation from the, uh, from outside regulatory agencies and the Justice Department, it's, it's clear, it's mounting, it's credible. Um, and I think there's no way this doesn't end up drawing some blood from Tesla at some point. So, um, you know, stay tuned. We'll see. But, uh, this is, uh, it's bad news. On top of that, I have not looked into this, so I, I can't speak about it, uh, at de- in depth, but I did see also, comments today about elon musk theoretically taking tesla private well um he's gotta stop talking make him stop brianna yeah he needs to just shut up about that Um, tell him to just stop this episode of rocket is brought to you by squarespace squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and your business You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, 
services, and even the content that you create, Squarespace has you covered. With Squarespace, for example, uh, you can get started with a best-in-class website template and customize it to fit your needs. That process is just as easy as browsing the category of your business and finding the perfect starting place. They're selling clothes, publishing recipes, publishing a blog, selling art in a portfolio. You just pick one and then customize it with just a few clicks. And then If you're doing so, you can sell your products in an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools that you need to get started selling online. How do you keep in touch with your customers? Well, you can stand out in their inboxes with Squarespace email campaigns. Why not encourage your visitors to sign up as email subscribers and start them on the journey to becoming loyal customers. Just start with an email template and customize it by applying your brand ingredients like site colors and logo, which you've already got on your beautiful website. Plus, built-in analytics measure the impact of every send that you make. It is deeply fun and simple to build a Squarespace website. It's so easy nowadays to make something that looks like really good and professional um, and will make people go, oh, pretty pictures or oh, pretty store. And that's what Squarespace excels at. Head to squarespace.com slash rocket, rocket, for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That is squarespace.com slash rocket. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for rocket. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. But Simone, I've got to I got to ambush the show right now. I'm <gasps> ambushing the show right oh, no. now, and I'm ambushing you with a quick topic. What's happening? Okay, so I want to talk about a tweet from the AP that happened this week, and I oh, meant to add it <laughs> to the show rundown. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. And I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to hijack the show right here. Um, so there was a tweet uh, from the AP last week that was talking about basically person first language. It was, um, I, forgive me if I can't remember the exact wording of the tweet, uh, but it was, um, you know, when, when describing individual people, such as people with mental disabilities, don't say, um, you know, don't use the language with it. Okay, I've got it in front of me, Simone. So this is the original tweet by the AP style book. We recommend avoiding general avoiding general and often dehumanizing quote the labels such as the poor, the mentally ill, the French, the disabled, the college educated. Instead, use wording such as people with mental illnesses and use these descriptions only when clearly relevant. <laughs> so the spacing in there mm-hmm. of just adding the French was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you <laughs> as someone who is a person who is experiencing Frenchness, oh. I wanted to ask you, can, can, how did you feel about this tweet? Can, can we refer to people as the French? What, what were your thoughts on this? Simone? I, I stand with the AP Stylebook, and I said this proudly on Twitter. I stand with the AP Stylebook against people of French experience. I think (laughs) with our nation's proud, long, uh, deeply flawed history, we should absolutely feel free and comfortable to refer to the French (laughs) 
as well, freely well, let's not as, use the F as word. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Shoot, timestamp. <laughs> oh my god, the. I it is it, I I feel so bad for their poor social media person because of like I think people were genuinely annoyed. I found it so funny. The discourse was hilarious. The French, the <laughs> French. I had a tweet go pretty viral saying, "Yeah, I was just going to play it safe, and um um I was just going to use the." Uh, the more inclusive term on the neurodivergence spectrum. Shut up. <laughs> See that this is why language is important, oh. though, because that could refer to any number of nationalities and we need something more specific. <laughs> well, I mean, don't you think? Um, I don't know. I think of France as like a diversion from the best from the rest of Europe to a degree. But that's just wow. Me. Wow. Now Not you're you, just being you're rude. Okay. You're okay. That's okay. very French of you. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so, so sorry. So I any listeners to topic yeah. hijack, I just wanted to throw that out there. No, I you were right to, to bring it. it up. I think it was uh the the big conversation piece of this weekend was of course <laughs> AP style books, uh incredible uh incredible targeted attack on the nation of <laughs> the great nation of France. They were looking out for you. They were looking out for you. Yeah, I appreciate it, but I don't need this condescension from the AP <laughs> style book. Okay. <laughs> I can take well, it. Well, they did apologize. They did apologize. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Thing, ridiculous things to apologize for. Now let's talk about things that should be apologized for and perhaps legislated against. Uh, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's been a lot of, uh, I think, right controversy this week about a uh, deep fake, a, a website that was found hosting deep fake pornography of women streamers like Pokimane and Cutie Cinderella, among several others. Uh, the drama that you've probably seen, calling it drama is very wrong, but the, yeah. the, the conversations that you've seen are about a streamer who was caught looking at that content, uh, somebody who works with these women, uh, which is awful. But we are not going to talk about interpersonal streamer situations. I think that this is all between them as people. Um, and this guy has like been dropped from his, has left his stream team correctly. And I hope we'll be taking a good long think about himself. But I think the real interesting story here, is, as you pointed out in our chat, Brie, is about the potential legal ramifications of deepfake pornography existing of these women online. Uh, one of the cutie Cinderella has said like she wants to sue over this and Pokimane also has, I, I don't think she said that about this specifically, but she has previously talked about wanting to see legislation that would hold online harassers accountable for their actions. Uh, she said she doesn't want to go into details about that yet, but that was the language she used is holding people accountable for actions that they do online. Uh, currently, according to the MIT Technology Review, which has written extensively about revenge porn and deepfake pornography, uh, 46 of the states have laws against revenge porn, which would just be sharing images of someone without their consent. Uh, but only two states, those being California and Virginia, have laws about faked images of people that are shared without their consent of which like this would very clearly 
fall under. And it very, with a situation like this, it honestly surprises me that it hasn't blown up before because it, it seems really important. And with the conversations that we've had about revenge porn and the need to protect women from, from tactics like this online and the increased, I guess, verisimilitude verisimilitude rather of of deep fakes like this is this feels like something that's been bubbling up quietly for a long time how do you think about it brianna well i first of all i completely agree with your assessment i also um just like you said just really want to stress you know we're we're going to be talking the legal situation today i don't think that anything happened between you know some public figures i think turning into entertainment is just gauche it's it's gross it's not helpful it's 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 damaging for everyone involved i think that situation is just between that person their partner and the the women involved with that um i think what's so frustrating about this is you know i've been watching a lot more twitch lately pokemon is not like my personal favorite channel but this woman just clearly has crazy talent Right. Like she's she's really charismatic. She's interesting. She's got good commentary. She's really good at Valorant, right? I mean, yeah. she she has really legit skill. And what I really respect about Pokemon is um when it comes to you know navigating being in, you know, a very male dominated space on Twitch, um, and, and being one of the more successful women um in that venue, she is more diplomatic and smart with her words than any politician I've ever seen because she manages to seem genuine at the same time. So honestly, like nothing but respect for her. I'm glad she got that bag. And, you know, to see this situation happen to her and uh, 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 QC Cinderella at the same time, it is so frustrating you know i think about all the women streamers that have talked about um like people selling fake merch of them Mm -hmm. and that being a really big thing like here's a situation where someone is literally putting ads out on pornhub inviting you to go to another site plot down your credit card and watch a deep fake porn video um and and pay for it like which is like an, an even like the highest level of like merch theft I can think of. It's also like brand degradation, right? Like mm-hmm. you're you're harming her name, you're harming her 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 trademark uh, to a certain extent. Uh, you're harming her brand, and you know, you're you're monetizing off of someone else's name and image. So it just seems to me if we had a Congress that was genuinely interested in looking at emerging technologies and kind of prevent preemptively making sure um, mm-hmm. they weren't going to hurt people, you would have like put legislation in place a long time ago on this, right? We all knew it was coming. It's here. It's doing damage. And, you know, there should be, uh, there should be laws explicitly say people like Pokemon can sue for damages here. In that case, I, I, I would love to hear more from lawyers about the cases that could be brought to bear because it, it just seems like a, a very obvious case of someone whose um, image is being harmed uh, in a financial way. Someone's basically trying to, um, you know, 
degrade their their public image, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to me, it seems like, and again, this is our second legal topic of the day in which I will say I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> but to me, it, it just seems like a complete, a, a complete no-brainer that this should not be allowed in the same way that revenge porn is illegal in most states. Um, and thank goodness, because it, it is something where like it, 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 you are using video of that person for the, for this purpose, even if it has been altered, even if it has been like remixed and, and et cetera, et cetera. And it is just really, it, it it does feel like such a violation in a way that like fan fiction, for example, or art uh, does not to me. And that's obviously not a legal j- distinction that's going to be made in this case. But like it, it is appalling that I, I, I can't imagine how it would feel to like find this content about yourself online and to have that kind of out there mixing with like real images of yourself and real videos of yourself. Cause these are public figures. And I think this is obviously the kind of thing where it is getting a lot of attention because they are streamers, they're entertainers. Um, and that I causes, you know, people to want to see pornography of them, but that doesn't mean that that is the only case in which this could be used to harm someone because there are probably people out there uh, who c- might not have the platform and the legal, the legal and financial recourses that someone like Pokimane or Cutie Cinderella has to say, like, "Hey, there, this there's harmful content and false content about me going around out there. That's not me, and I'm going to take action." Um, I think that's what the the MIT uh, technology review uh, piece is kind of about. That like a, a woman who like was experiencing somebody in her life distributing revenge porn alongside deep fakes in a way that was like completely mixing the two, which I think just draws a a firmer line under the fact that like they're both malicious, even if I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe an optimist would, which I am usually, but not in this case would say like, it's not malicious. I know it, I'm just making like fake imaginary scenarios about someone, but when it is video and when it looks so real, I, I, I think it, it crosses a line for me. And I do hope that uh, our uh, decrepit and aged government can be made to see that um, because it's just not great. Yeah, there was a, I agree with everything you just said. There was a, a tweet I saw today, and I think it was about Kitty Cinderella, um, where she was crying. And it was a picture of her crying. It was a really crass tweet from just a, an absolute a-hole, right? Mm-hmm. Going like, oh, millennial, millennial mil- millionaire upset about you know, this, oh, boo-hoo, grow thick skin. Uh, it's so often women can't handle these kinds of situations. It's just, it's so crass, right? Like, you you saw her. She's obviously very upset about this. I certainly would be. I think anyone with a heart can see how this is. And I, I think there's a, a 
deeper conversation to be had about how hard it is for especially young women to start careers without you know, being sexualized by the fan base. It's like you're just there to do your damn job, right? Yeah. And there's all this weird stuff that goes along with this. It, it just, I, I just, I feel like the discourse on it has been, it's been so frustrating because I think a lot of it in the way our reactionary politics often don't has really just shown a lack of even basic human empathy to the women being exploited and, and financially profited off of here. It's just, it it's, it's disappointing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. D- did you see the, the story going around about, um, I promise this is relevant sure. business F1 magazine this week. No, no. Speaking oh. of, with the the drivers, the women drivers about the W series, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, for so you, I'm thinking of this because you just said you were just talking about women starting out in their careers, um, yep. which again very relevant. This freaking magazine published an article about W series, which is uh, it's a non FIA affiliated uh, racing series for women um that's intended to like function as a stepping stone to get women into f3 into f2 so that they can maybe eventually make it to f1 etc etc because there's a huge gender gap there uh this freaking article goes on to say that w series is not is wasting a marketing opportunity by not using by not exploiting their women drivers sexuality enough by not like making sexy advertisements or using sexualized images of them enough uh and that tennis does this and it's great that tennis does this but we need to be doing this in w series so that people will watch it because it has sexy women in it it was just it was like an article it was like reading an article from 2002 but it was from this year and it made me uh made my head explode my least favorite part of car culture is the amount of times I will log in and just want to talk about Porsche and you'll have some dude there that's horny on Maine and is posting a picture of some half-naked woman in a bikini like with her back over in a car with her legs spread, right? It's like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'm bisexual. I can appreciate the beauty of that. But it's just not... I, I don't need to know about your boner, dude. I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. here to talk about cars. And there's a, there, there's a, a whole, it, it, it's so, I found that so frustrating for so many reasons. A, they're just trying to have a career. B, it's, it's like suggesting that's the only format that, that like men could value women yeah. as people here. It's also telling you know, really young women that, you know, they need to use their, their their body to get ahead like they're not even and, a person they're they're just an object there yeah and it was i so think disturbing. a couple of the w series drivers at least are underage they're like 16 17 oh. um so <laughs> yikes um but that uh, that i think is another element too of it too because like uh, some of the these women streamers like also are are, are very pretty are very sexy but that element of their streaming is under their control they control their images some of them are not sexy or sexualized at all the point is that they have control over that within their careers um and this is something that i think completely wrests that away from them and that's why it just feels so bad 
to see happen. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I just, we need a government that's actually going to work at this and it's just so discouraging. So I, I hope they can find, I hope that, you know, the gaming community will stop treating the situation as entertainment. We'll leave it for, you know, the people involved to work out their own differences. Yeah. I hope a lawsuit is brought because, you know, the, the people that need to be targeted or the people making the pornography and the servers hosting it. And, you know, even maybe Pornhub because they're, they didn't manage to catch this right uh, with their, their ad service. So um, I think a civil, I think if Pokemon were to bring a lawsuit forward in QD Cinderella, I think that this would be something that could truly make um, it safer for women in the workplace all across this country. And I think mm-hmm. that would, I think that would be something in their, in their New York times biography like they like when they pass many years yeah. from now that they would be very proud to know. Absolutely. And if I were Pornhub, I would have a pretty vested interest in making sure that this does not happen again. Agree. All right. Let's move on to a lighter topic for today's <laughs> dessert. Netflix. Possibly new details on Netflix's password sharing crackdown have been revealed, though Netflix has not confirmed it and the details have been wiped from their help center page but streamable uh previously found and reported that uh, there were new instructions about password sharing on netflix's u.s help center page like i said they've since been removed uh this is part of netflix's ongoing efforts to figure out the password sharing problem as we reported earlier this year they are piloting um password sharing tests in Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru, where you can say, where you, where you can pay basically for a tier of Netflix that lets you share your password with a couple people. Um, that hasn't been brought to the United States yet. That test is ongoing. The rules on this website were very different from that, and they've got people pretty upset. These rules, which again, are not confirmed, uh, say that only the primary household can use the Netflix subscription uh, in order for multiple devices to use the subscription. Uh, they have to connect to the Wi-Fi at the primary location, open the Netflix app or website, and watch something once every 31 days on the devices that are like are listed, or else they will be blocked. And that they will use IP address, device ID, and account activity to determine when an account is being used elsewhere. Um... Woof. <laughs> Everyone is mad. I <laughs> I I I'm def- I'm of a few minds on this, Brianna. I, what was your reaction to Netflix's potential new password sharing rules? So, I hope this doesn't upset you. I am Well, before I say this, let me just preface this by saying I don't think this problem is probably in the top three problems Netflix needs to be thinking about. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking the other day that if I had to nuke any service that I own streaming, it would it would currently be Netflix. They just have mm-hmm. the least stuff there. Uh, Hulu would be next, um, you know, followed by Showtime, then Apple TV, and you know HBO Max. Uh, you know. Like Paramount constantly coming out with good stuff, Apple TV constantly coming out with new stuff. Netflix just has a, a whole bunch of shows and stories that go for one season and then get canceled, right? Yep. <laughs> Meaning I'm not invested in any of it. So 
I I don't think this is a high priority for them. That said, I don't think it's crazy to say that, you know, if you're using Netflix, you should be paying for it in some way. <laughs> and it's not like, I, I, I just don't see the same obsession being held to by like, you know, say Paramount uh, Plus. So, um, you know, this particular application of it, making sure you're logged into your Wi-Fi, struck me as eminently reasonable. So I, I don't, I genuinely don't understand why people are, are angry. Maybe I'm missing something. Yes, I, I will say, obviously, I am a um, Netflix thief. That being <laughs> said, I shouldn't be allowed to be, probably. It's <laughs> it's not right of me. Um, however, yeah, I, I think, so I, I do think that this is something that they, sh- they are well within their rights to find a solution to. I'm surprised that it hasn't happened earlier because the joke of, like, having someone else's Netflix password, that's been... <laughs> mainstream for literal years um so it's interesting to me that they've taken so long to start working on a solution to that i do think these specific rules about logging in on the home network every 31 days it it feels to me like a system that is just going to to cause a lot of people to unsubscribe. Uh, some anecdotally, some of the stories I was hearing today were from like from uh, people who don't necessarily have a main home that they are in for thirty one days at a time. Um, Ooh, and with just okay. question yeah. of like, well, how are we going to use Netflix then? I'm trying to find the other details that I saw because there was something about travel and like a week long like a seven day uh period that oh my god there we go um you can do seven consecutive days of travel according to again these unconfirmed rules which is just like really why i know i guess it's the u.s so a lot of people don't take vacation or don't take very long vacations because the time off in this country is so uh inconsistent and terrible but rules like that that seem it it seems like they're introducing a lot of just like arbitrary time limits on things in a way that makes me feel like there's prop there's got to be a better way than saying like all right if you're going on a trip for over a week you just can't have your netflix for the last three days of it if you're taking a 10-day trip okay bye so I'm kind of I'm kind of mystified by the time limits that they're setting, but I don't disagree that they do they should find a solution to this, um, right? No, I was just gonna say fair enough. I mean, I think there's I think there's very little chance it's not going to get some some false positives, right? Like no matter what you do, it's going to it, it's going to affect some people, right? Adversely. I think the the real question for Netflix is, is this going to bring in more money for them, right? Is this going to like hurt the reputation of the service, which yeah, in my view is, is definitely down right now, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Netflix is seen as prestigious as it was uh, you know, two or three years ago, right? So, I, I mean, is the reputational blow that they take 
when they need to be rebuilding, is that going to be worth it? I I think that's very much, it, it remains to be seen. Um, it's hard for me to imagine that it, it will be. So I, if I were in charge of Netflix, I would say take the, the most long view possible, like the most generous uh, implementation of this is going to upset the fewest people and then start tightening it up because you'll be able to see the effects of it, right? Like make mm-hmm. it two months, right? Make it three months. And then, you know, if, if you're finding a lot of false positives, I mean, roll it back and tweak it from there. But yeah, yeah don't don't start from the, the strongest, uh, most aggressive uh, crackdown on this, basically. Yeah, like the experiment that they're running in South America and Central America, I'm interested to see how that goes, because that that feels like a totally reasonable step for them to take of like, okay, we know you have multiple people, multiple households on this account. Do you want to fork over a couple more dollars to pay for them? Yeah, I, yeah. I can see a lot of people going, you know what? Yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> um, whereas this, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I think there'll be false, false positives. It'll be kind of a learning curve. Um, I do agree with the, the point you made earlier, which is like n- the content strategy that Netflix has to me is their their biggest hurdle right now towards like getting back on on track with the growth that they were having a few years ago where like, it is no longer seen as like the must must subscribe streaming service. I think any kind of friction that you put in place of people accessing it is going to lose you users because people are already looking at Netflix's front page and going, Ugh, this uh, none of this is exciting to me. I, I don't really I'm not really interested. Um, and the shows like every so often they do come out with a show that gets a lot of a lot of buzz uh, Wednesday most recent one um bridgerton also definitely but with if the i think those are kind of exceptions to the rule because they've had other shows like 1899 that is the sequel to or not sequel but from the same creators of one of netflix's like sleeper hits which is dark and just doesn't get nearly they they didn't capitalize it's already canceled yeah it's already canceled first of all because they didn't capitalize on the fact that like hey we have the next amazing show from the creators of that other show that like you binged and made your mind blow up because it was so bonkers. Um, you know, there are so many, I see stories every day about people going, Oh, there that shows on Netflix. I had no idea that that existed. Um, so there, there are definitely deeper problems at the company. I found clarification on what I was saying about seven days from TechCrunch. Um, so this is a scenario where, like, if if you try to log into Netflix on a device that has not already been basically associated with your primary location, um, and that device doesn't, like, remember or doesn't know that it's associated with that Netflix account, the account holder will receive a code, me reading from TechCrunch, that they can relay to the person who is traveling with the device. If the verification is successful, the traveling member can watch Netflix for seven more days without any additional prompt. So this I can see is absolutely a scenario in which, like, again, you, you grab a device, you're going to the airport, you're like, oh, shoot. I forgot to freaking log in and, and confirm that this is my Netflix device before I left my home network. I can see a lot of people just like, it, it's not it, obviously not the end of the world. It's whatever. It's Netflix. 
But that's just one like little inconvenient crappy thing where it's like, oh, if our whole family is going on vacation, we're the primary, like we're the account holders and we have a device that doesn't realize that isn't like part of the network already. What do we freaking do? That's annoying. It's just annoying. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I mean, that it doesn't sound that bad though. Um, it, yeah. it sounds like a it sounds like a frustrating uh, hurdle to constantly be jumping through. Like from yeah. now on, when I'm leaving on a, a trip, I'm going to be going. Well, if I logged in on my iPad, can I really be sure? Is this going to be okay if I log in from the web browser? Is it going to know that I've you know, well, just, if they if yeah. they activate or not activate, if they enact these rules, which I don't know, after today's backlash, I don't know if they will. Well, anyway, there it is. Um, yeah, I, I, I just coming back to the content part before we jump off. This is to me the problem is you know, Netflix does not seem to be working with any major IPs right now. Like if you look at why Paramount Plus is successful, they went all in on. They went all in on Star Trek, and they're developing a handful of shows that have, like, really top-tier uh, people uh, coming and starring in them. Like, uh, there's a new show on Paramount Plus called uh, Wolfpack that stars uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar in a, uh, a show with a lot of themes that are, are similar to Buffy, right? Like, teenagers and supernatural stuff. It's, it's not the greatest show ever, but I'm saying that's a celebrity and an identity that you can build a network around, Right. If you look over at, um, you know, if you look over at Showtime, right, um, they've got the new Brian Cranston series, Your Honor. It's excellent, right? Um, you know, HBO has The Last of Us, right? This is a temple show. They're just able to put out these shows that everyone cares about, right? And Apple TV is grabbing every single celebrity in existence and giving them <laughs> their own show to watch, right? It, it's great. Um, but you look over at Netflix and, and just being honest, I log in and it's like, oh, it's the the photogenic woman caught in a crime drama of the week and there's going to be 13 episodes and the story is going to be over. It'll have some, some, some uh, like mysterious name, like alone in the, the, yeah. the alone well, in the whatever. Yeah. You look at Peacock, which uh, has found what I, I hope will be a long lasting show. In, the Natasha Leone show. Um, whose title this has yeah. literally just left my brain, but it's a Ryan Johnson uh, invented uh, weekly mystery show, Poker Face, which oh. like is where she is this Columbo esque detective on Peacock, and that's just the perfect example of something where it's like she was huge talent for Netflix on Orange Is the New Black, and this is a pretty a relatively like cheap to produce show small cast small like different cast every episode except for her uh simple like everyday locations uh going around solving mysteries it's like that quintessential weekly little drama um that and i've seen it plastered all over the new york city subway so peacock is getting attention for it i can't remember the last time that something like something this i think relatively straightforward of a pitch was was brought to netflix and like just allowed to kind of develop as a show rather than being something where they kind of toss it onto the service and then a cup a, a year later go uh no more of that yeah. sorry yeah. no more <laughs> okay 
Oh, Brianna, what are you doing this week? What am I doing this week? I'm still working on my secret project that I cannot <laughs> talk about. So, um, but I'm really, really enjoying it. I, I've gotten to spend um, eight hours a day writing lately, which is when I'm really happiest. Uh, it's it's really, really been good to me. Um, I'm feeling great. I'm really enjoying this work. And I cannot wait to tell people about it, though it may be a while excited about that for you nothing like a good fulfilling work project 100%. what am i up to i'm just doing a lot of sewing because i'm preparing <laughs> for carnival um that is honestly it i watched race of champions last weekend though and it rocked so much it's this little uh yearly motorsports event uh for the last couple of years it's happened on the snow and ice uh it was up in sweden and they bring together drivers from like a bunch of different disciplines put them in really fun cars and make them drive uh in head-to-head races on a, a funky little track and it was so 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 cool you have like f1 drivers facing off against rally drivers they had an esports team and they did really really well <laughs> they were driving like actual cars like physical cars um and it was just really fun to see and like lighthearted. and i woke up at six o'clock in the morning two days in a row last weekend to watch the little cars go vroom um so i definitely recommend if you're interested in like a chill motorsports event keeping an eye on race of champions i hope it'll be on snow again next year because i desperately want to go that's what I did or what I'm doing. I, I didn't know. even know you could sew. That's awesome. Yeah. Brianna, where can we find you online? I can find me at uh, Brianna Wu on Twitter. And you can find me everywhere at Doom Quasar and at youtube.com slash polygon and TikTok and Twitter, Twitch as well. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. We'll be back with you next week with more news and opinions and a Christina back fresh from Disneyland, presumably. (laughs) Um, But if you're a boostie, you should stay tuned because we are about to talk about MILF Manor and I'm sure it'll be such a normal segment. I cannot wait for this. Oh my God. It's going to be incredibly normal. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you like this podcast, please review it on Apple Podcasts. We super appreciate you doing that giving us uh, a little juice, a little SEO juice there uh, with your good, good, good five-star reviews. Thank you so much, everyone who does that. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. Terminated.